0: pittsburgh Steelers fans welcome back to another episode of let's ride i am your host jeff Hartman, senior editor at behind the steel with you for another episode of this monday wednesday friday podcast and i thank you for joining me as always with the regular season right around the corner, just on the horizon. I can almost touch it. Holy cow, we have a lot to talk about. I want to get things started on a positive note. I really do. I want you all to be like, ah, this is great. It's Friday. It's going to be a great weekend. We have Labor Day coming up. It's going to be an extended weekend. It's going to be great. Let's get it rolling. What better news to start it off with than we can actually celebrate Jordan Berry is gone. Now, if you listened on Wednesday, I kind of, I played a little song, did a little dance in my chair. I was excited because Jordan Berry didn't make the team. But then I said I was kind of also guarded. I was guarded a little bit, a little bit gun shy to pop the bubbly. But now, that all changed. The Minnesota Vikings pick up Jordan Berry. This happened right before I started recording this podcast or a little bit before. And wouldn't you know, it's like, ah, it's like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Jordan Berry, the weasel boy, might not be coming back. Now, some people on Twitter, and I'm going to talk about Twitter in a second, mind you. Some people on Twitter are already running their mouths saying, don't worry, he'll be back. Don't put that thought into my head, people, all right? Don't do it. Not right now. No thank you. But I'll tell you what, it's its all fun and games, really. Uh, this this Jordan-Berry hate thing has kind of taken a mind of its own. But good news for those of you that are thinking, like me, maybe Jordan-Berry will be back. As it looks right now, it doesn't seem to be an option. So Presley Harvin third, big press, thick kick, big hero six, whatever you want to call him. He is the punter, the holder, For this 2021 Pittsburgh Steelers team. And I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited about it. You know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited about BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you check out this website early and often. And I understand we have a holiday weekend coming up. Uh, It's just a situation where you're thinking, oh man, what exactly is there to check over the holiday weekend? There's a lot of stuff to check. We're going to have great film rooms. We're going to have latest news. Because I tell you what, folks, it might be a holiday for you in the United States on Labor Day weekend, but it's not a holiday for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I expect some news to be breaking. We're going to talk about some of that stuff in this podcast today. We've been talking about it on other podcasts. Make sure you're checking BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for all your Pittsburgh Steelers needs. It's also a great community, by the way. Create an account if you never have. Be an active member, comment on articles, get to know some of these folks that have been around for years, way before I even came into the website. Be a part of the community. It's a great community. All right, so Behind the Steel Curtain.com. If you don't know how to create an account, go to any article, scroll down, it'll say sign in or don't have an account, create an account. I think you have to wait 24 hours before you can start commenting. And there you go. Simple, free, cost you nothing. And obviously, wherever you get your podcast, in case you stumbled upon this show, Make sure that you follow us, subscribe, whatever you have to do depending on the platform so that you don't miss a thing. That's our our morning lineup, which is my Monday, Wednesday, Friday Let's Ride. It's the live mic on Tuesday, Dave Schofield, Stat Geek on Thursday. It's also when you have all of these other shows now at noon. The Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, the Fantasy Fix with Jeremy Betts. We have... Uh, the Ohioans in the Power Half Hour, what Yin's talking about, The Warm Room with Maddie Peveril. My goodness, we have so much content, and that's not even counting all of our evening shows that also simulcast live on YouTube and or Facebook, so make sure you get it all. Make sure you get it all. One thing I want to talk about before I get into the crux of this podcast is Carl Joseph. Now, if you didn't listen to the podcast, the Breaking News podcast, about the Steelers cutting their roster to 53 with Dave Schofield— But then also when the Steelers announced the 15 players, not 16, they could have gone 16, but no, the Steelers said, we don't need 16, we just need 15. I'm not sure why, but they have a spot available. 15-player practice squad. That was done by Brian Anthony Davis. When that was put out there, Carl Joseph, yes, the former first-round draft pick out of West Virginia, was drafted by the Raiders. He was cut. Steelers bring him in. But that's not where this is. This isn't just talking about Carl Joseph and his potential. It's the fact that, my gosh, Jerry Dulac of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, or as we call him on the website, Jerbear, he's saying that the Steelers are going to activate him and they're going to put him in the, in the defense. He might be filling those Antoine Brooks Jr. role that we all thought he was going to with the slot and things like that. I'm not sure what to think of that. Because if Carl Joseph comes on, I wrote this article Thursday for the website, if Carl Joseph is activated right away, once he clears COVID protocols, which I think is six days or something like that, if he clears COVID protocols and all that good stuff, then you have to ask yourself, who's going to get cut? Who's going to be the player that gets cut? They have 53 players on their roster. They have one open spot on their practice squad, not on their active roster. Someone's going to have to go. So to kind of tie this into what I was just talking about, there's going to be news coming up this weekend. So hopefully you're uh, checking this out early and often for all that. All right, let's get right to the topic of conversation today. It's not Jordan Berry. It's not Carl Joseph. It's you. It's you, the fans out there. That's what I want to talk about today. It's the Friday before the Friday where we talk about an actual real regular season football game. And it's a perfect time for me to talk to you about you. And that is... When will fans, and I say these in general terms, you might be listening to this saying, Jeff, this doesn't really apply to me. I get it, because you might be like me. You might be very optimistic. You might be a very trusting human being. Nonetheless, when will Steeler fans learn to trust this team? That's the question. And where does this stem from? Because everything stems in terms of me, in this show, in the podcast and everything, Everything stems from something, whether it's something I experienced in person, whether it's something I experienced on social media, in the comment section of the website, something that I saw on television, something I see in game film or something of that nature. It all stems from somewhere. Sometimes it's out of the blue. But still, I have been bombarded with negative Steeler fans on Twitter recently. I mean bombarded. These people... I don't know where this stems from, and I'll talk to – I want to ask Michael Beck, Coach Mr. Captain Blue Checkmark, in the second half of the show, what he thinks. But for me, I don't understand where this comes from. I have my guesses. I don't understand where this is coming from. When you look at this preseason, after the third game, week two of the NFL preseason, Detroit Lions at home, Ben Roethlisberger plays, and the Steelers light up the Lions. I mean light them up. Offensively, look smooth, look crisp. Ben Roethlisberger has three drives. Two of them are touchdown drives. It finished with Pat Fryermuth touchdowns. And the defense was pretty much dominant. Now Jared Goff didn't play, but I mean, whatever. They did what they were supposed to do. Steeler fans were riding high. Steeler fans were a- amped up for the season. You kind of got that feeling from Steeler fans. It was like, could the season start tomorrow? Can it start next week? Now, let's bypass the Panthers game. Can the Steelers' season start right now? That's the vibe that I got after that third preseason game. The problem is, is then the fourth preseason game came. And when that fourth preseason game, Friday night, against the Carolina Panthers in Charlotte, North Carolina, we know how abysmal that performance was. And for some fans, it's like for some, I don't know why for some reason they can't get through their thick skulls that that was not the Steelers team we're going to see in Orchard Park against the Bills on September 12th. We are not. That's not the same team. Those were backups against starters. And just like what the Steelers did to the Lions at Heinz Field, the Panthers did to the Steelers. A little bit different. I thought the Steelers' backup defense played very well, actually, against that starting Carolina Panthers offense. But nonetheless, fans almost like, it, I i don't even know what to say, but it just feels to me like that it was kind of like a, a PTSD-type thing where, oh, my gosh, they're flashbacks of, the Cleveland Browns AFC wildcard game again and the the snap, the pouncy snap over Ben Roethlisberger's head and the interceptions and the fumbles. and I get it. I get all of that. Be able to decipher, though. Be able to decipher fact from fiction in this regard when it comes to the preseason. But what is it about this fan base that doesn't trust the team? Is it the lack of playoff victories? I understand that. I see the same thing that you do. The last time they won a playoff game was against the, I believe the Miami Dolphins. No, no, it wasn't at I I don't even remember my gosh, that's horrible. I think it was against the Miami Dolphins, but still, I mean, we, the Steelers have had home playoff games that have ended poorly, whether it's the Jacksonville game in 2017, you talk about last year's home loss to the Browns and they're bad. They're all bad. And I understand how that can leave people wondering, like, is this the is this the group to get it done? But I look at some of the moves that are made because right now fans are being critical of the Steelers for the moves that they made, for the players that they've cut, and all that stuff. When was the last time the Steelers cut a player and they said, nah, "This guy's probably going to turn into the next Lawrence Taylor"? No no like everyone's everyone freaked out when they cut Tuzar Skipper remember a couple years ago Tuzar Skipper didn't turn into anything he's still bouncing around the league i believe the Atlanta Falcons just released him with one of their roster cutdowns it, it happens every single year when people fall in love with these players and then they get cut and they think how could they have let him go how g- Sutton Smith Oh, everyone remember Sutton Smith? He was going to be the next great, versatile pass rusher who can play all these linebacker spots, a great special teams player. All this stuff. I don't even think he's on an NFL team anymore. He was with the Seattle Seahawks last I checked. But my goodness, people, like... When was the last time the Steelers made a roster move that actually burned him? I'm sure there are some that I just can't think of right now, and you out there, you all sometimes, some of you have a much better memory than I do, but still, I can't think of too many. We'll put it that way. I can't think of too many roster moves that the Steelers regretted. Man, I can't believe we let that guy go. I, yeah, you could go back to, like, Mike Vrabel you know, back in that era, but I'm not going there. This is in the modern era. Also, when you look at the draft... What else could you want from the NFL draft? I mean, last season, 2020 draft class, every single one makes the team and everyone plays. Now, that's not the case this year. Obviously, Antoine Brooks didn't make the team. He was released after he was banged up and couldn't get healthy. But still, all those players, all those other players are still active members of this current Steelers roster. Look at this Draft class and everyone but Quincy Rocher, six round draft pick, made the team. And when you think about it in even logistical terms, I'm not even talking about Najee Harris or Pat Fryermuth or Kendra Crean. The Steelers have two seventh round draft picks that made the roster and could have a a serious impact on this team. And Trey Norwood from Oklahoma and Big Press Presley Harvin the third from Georgia Tech, the punter. I my goodness, like think about this stuff. I okay, so okay. Well, let's go further. You're saying all this stuff. To, okay, Jeff roster moves. Uh, all that stuff is all great and wonderful, but you got to win on the field. The Steelers have been more than competitive since Mike Tomlin was hired in 2007. And yeah, I'm going to parrot that one line, which you know no team is going to be able to say anymore. Like, well, we finished 500, unless you have a tie. I guess if you finish eight eight and one, maybe, but still. The Steelers have been competitive every single season since Mike Tomlin was hired. And I get it. Steeler fans love to say, well, we, we as fans, we expect championships. We as fans, playoffs aren't enough. We as fans, winning seasons are not enough. I understand why you're saying that stuff. But you have to understand in the grand scheme of things, the Steelers' success and their longevity has been Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The fact that the team is in it at least in contention every season. It reeks of a spoiled fan base. Reeks of a spoiled fan base. People want to talk about the most spoiled fan bases in the Nash in, in sports, let's put it this way. They talk about the Yankees. They talk about the Cowboys. They talk about the Lakers. I, I could go on, but I don't need to go into like, you know, hockey really doesn't have Too many of those, to be honest with you. But still, you get my drift. The Steelers fans should be right up there. They should be right up there as one of the most spoiled fan bases ever. There are teams that would kill for a Mike Tomlin. There are teams that would kill to have draft classes that Kevin Colbert brings in. There are teams and fan bases that would kill to have their team just be in the discussion, in the mix, on the cusp every year. And here we are as Steeler fans bitching and moaning about it all the time. Negative Nancy's everywhere. Debbie Downers every single turn. Oh my gosh, I'm going to trust the team. Let's finish it this way I'm going to trust the organization. And you might say, Jeff, how could you trust these guys? They haven't won a championship since Super Bowl 43 and 2009, I haven't been to one since Super Bowl 45. You, you're telling me something I already know. You're preaching to the choir. But what I'm saying is that I trust the team that has a good track record. And no, it wasn't Mike Tomlin's time in Pittsburgh has not been Belichick-esque in terms of his time with Ben that Brady had with Belichick. I understand that. I under I get it all. They've underperformed on occasion. No one's denying that, but I'm going to trust the organization when it comes to these roster moves, when it comes to how they're handling their business, why they really haven't given me a reason not to trust them outside of the fact that in big moments, the players, let's also remember that, have not always performed up to par. I know that my thought process on this is not the norm. Positive thinking is not the norm among Steeler fans. Doom and gloom Dreadful, everything you can think of negative, that's the norm, but that's not me. So maybe you're out there listening, you're like, thank you, Jeff, you're saying what I'm thinking. Or maybe you're listening to the saying, Jeff, you are an idiot and I'm going to turn you off. I hope you don't do that, but still, remember, we are allowed to have differing opinions on everything. That's part of the human experience is that we don't always have to be the same and we don't always have to think the same, regardless of what current society will tell you. All right, so on that, we're going to take a break. After the break, I'm gonna have Coach Mr. Captain Blue Check Mark on, Michael back. We're gonna do our segment. We're gonna finish this out with a heart to heart. So don't go anywhere. You're not gonna want to miss this. Stay tuned. Pittsburgh Steeler fans as promised. it is Friday that means that we are here with coach Mr. Captain Blue checkmark himself, Michael Beck Coach, what's going on How's the team looking? got to ask you right off the bat. y'all looking good
1: Yeah I know I'm uh, the team's definitely headed in a positive direction uh, heading down to the University of Idaho this weekend so uh, definitely looking uh, looking at uh, some brighter things on the horizon here.
0: Well, you've really got to start working on your Tomlinisms. I mean, come on, man. You've got to be <laughs> spitting some out. Like this should be second nature by now. I know that the assistant offensive line coach doesn't get a ton of press time. We'll put it that way. But man, you've got to work on that. We'll work on it. We'll do it together every Friday. Sounds we'll get good. it. Okay. <laughs> so, man, I'll tell you what's been you're you have a good finger on the pulse of Steeler Nation, like many of us do that have to keep an eye on Twitter and and stuff like that. Holy cow, man, where is this negativity coming from? Fans are doom and gloom galore. I mean, I feel like it is the sky is falling. The sky is falling. It's it's chicken littles everywhere. What do you think that is going on with the Steelers fan base? That's causing them to have all of a sudden these frantic thoughts and they're thinking that it's just going to be an awful season.
1: Oh, yeah. It seems like it all kind of uh, just started after the Steelers placed a number of players on that injured reserve list. Um, I don't really think it's fair or warranted. Like, I understand that uh, some of these things happen and injuries happen throughout the year. But it seemed like uh, of all players, it was Zach Banner's injury that really kind of uh, took things into more of a negative twist. Um I don't really think that's necessarily fair. I still think this team is heading in a positive direction. I still think they have a chance of beating Buffalo in week one, despite losing a couple of guys. They built a pretty deep team. I know it's something we haven't talked too much about, the depth of this organization, but over the course of the last couple of weeks, the Steelers have put together some solid depth, and I think they're able to weather the storm. I think once we start to get a couple of these games under our belt, though, the the real tone will start to shift to what this team really is.
0: I'm going to go a step further and I think that common sense is definitely lacking in Mm. regards to Pittsburgh Steelers fans. And the reason being is that I think this stems from the final preseason game. I I really do. And anyone with a brain in between their ears would know, well, it was the Steelers backups. Majority of the starters weren't even playing Carolina was playing their starters. And yeah, it was ugly and it looked bad. I feel like that, some people kind of had PTSD from that game, thinking back to the playoffs. You buy into that? Do you, you agree with what I'm saying, my assessment of all this?
1: You know, definitely to a degree. That loss is just going to leave a sour taste in our mouths until uh, I, I think we get a little bit further into this season. Uh, just, I guess, the kind of unfortunate uh, circumstance of losing a playoff game like that to a division rival. Heck, if the Steelers lost a game like that to Kansas City, people probably wouldn't be talking about it anymore. But the fact that it happened to Cleveland, I think that's why it's all kind of, uh, everyone's all kind of antsy. And I think to a degree fans are scared that the Browns might have overtaken the Steelers here a little bit. I'm not, I'm not ready to put them in that category. The Steelers still won the division last year. And I think this is an improved roster. So um, honestly, I feel like this narrative might actually start to shift Um, after that first Browns game, if the Steelers were able to win, uh, obviously there's, it's going to be a, a little bit of animosity there on the Steelers' uh, Steelers side to avenge that embarrassing loss. So once uh, once they get that Browns that first Browns game out of the way, especially if uh, the Steelers are victors, I, I think uh, I think we'll see a little bit of a tone shift uh, change online uh, throughout this fan base.
0: Yeah, and the fans have to realize that, and I believe Mike Tomlin when he said, "You know, our defensive play sheet was the size of an index card." Like they're not drawing up exotic blitzes, they're not game planning. Yeah, they were blitzing, but they weren't doing things that were hoping to get people in a position against a specific opponent. Same on offense. you think Matt Canada is going to show his cards now in the preseason? No, hold your judgment until the games that count. That's the ultimate thing. But some from the breaking news desk, this is incredible that it just happens to be (laughs) right. As we're talking, you probably heard Michael's phone ding. And that was our Slack channel from Adam Schefter of ESPN. The Vikings are expected to sign former Steelers punter, Jordan Berry per sources. They cannot officially make the move until later this afternoon. If this becomes official, Michael, the celebration can start now. I've been very wary. I've been <laughs> hesitant. Uh, the Dustin Colquitt experiment left me a little bit guarded. Um, I still feel that that wound left from that experiment. But, man, Jordan Berry, I do have to give credit where it's due. He, he kicked well. He kicked well this preseason, uh, gave it his best shot. My goodness. I think if Presley Harvin were just another kicker and not a drafted rookie, that he probably – Jordan Berry would probably still be on the team. But – we haven't even talked since last time when they they made the roster cuts. Obviously, Barry's gone. You can go ahead and talk about that, but also, were there any surprises from the cuts from you?
1: Ooh, um, honestly, I, I want to say the surprises kind of uh, kind of got thrown out the window the second the Steelers put uh, to it um, Banner and McFarland on the injured uh, reserve. Uh, So in that sense, I want to say there really wasn't many surprises. I guess Ulysses Gilbert III keeping his job was a bit of a surprise, I suppose, uh, whenever guys start to get healthy or if the Steelers sign some players, he's probably going to go right back on that chopping block. But uh, at at this moment, no real big surprises. But uh, yeah, no, I I think it's a good time for us to uh, probably pop those bottles of champagne. I I know uh, we've been holding on to uh, the moment Jordan Berry uh, started punting for this team. So uh, it might be time to finally celebrate. Uh, the fact that Steelers have a brand new punter, hopefully he's as good as I know a lot of us have talked him up to be. but uh, uh, you know what? Jordan Berry deserves a job. This To his credit, this is the best he's ever punted in his career, but that's honestly the reason why he, uh, he ended up out of a job in Pittsburgh because it took him this long to punt as good as he has.
0: All right, let's start to look ahead. Now, next time that we talk will be next Friday, obviously. It'll be a big show. Uh, We're going to do weekly picks. We're going to pick all the games, and it's going to be a lot of fun. The primetime music will be in the background. It's just – I always look forward to that. But this time, let's slow down a little bit and let's talk about the Steelers' upcoming opponent in the Buffalo Bills. The Steelers have the two weeks to prepare, and I thought that Matt Canada, he said this during his weekly press availability, whatever you want to call it, that he felt you know they had four preseason games. It was good to give the players some time off. Do you think, I guess, let me, let me phrase it this way. What part of the team offense or defense? Well, let's just focus on one part in your opinion, that one part of the team, what is so was going to be so critical to this week, one game. Can you pinpoint one?
1: Well, I would have to point directly at uh, the corners and whoever is in charge of uh, trying to contain Stephon Diggs, he absolutely ate the Steelers alive last season. Of course, Joe Hayden wasn't available for that game. Uh, Really, a number of uh, Steelers players weren't available uh, due to the COVID policies. Uh, a year ago, but Stefan Diggs, he absolutely embarrassed the Steelers in the field that day a year ago. So now I, I want to see what the Steelers are able to do with uh, with Hayden back in the lineup. And of course, this rebuilt kind of secondary and whether or not they add another nickel, which still seems like on the, on, on the table wise, I feel like that's a move they have to make. They haven't done it as of yet as the time of uh, recording this, but uh, this secondary needs to have a big game against Stefan Diggs because honestly he was one of the big reasons why the bills uh, were so successful against the Steelers on what that Thursday nighter. I believe the game was played. So hopefully uh, they're able to contain him. So I, I want to say this is a, a very big and important uh, game for our uh, secondary. I'm going to,
0: I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. And yeah, I agree hundred percent, the corners and the secondary, we talked about that a lot. I'm going to go with running the running game the Steelers are going to have to run the football and they're going to have to run it just well enough that they can set up play action. And for once, my goodness, for once, we are actually talking about the Steelers potentially getting back to Roethlisberger under center play action passes, driving the ball downfield. That's what Matt Canada wants to do. I wrote an article for the website on Thursday about Matt Canada's comments about play action and how it creates mismatches. And they can really start to utilize the tight ends but let's talk about the offensive line that would be opening up holes for the running game, most likely Najee Harris. Out of the, let's, let's just assume right now that the, the starting offensive line for week one is going to be Dan Moore at left tackle, Kevin Dotson left guard, Kendrick Green at center, right guard is going to be Trey Turner and right tackle is going to be Chooks of core four. Out of those five, which player gives you the little bit of hesitation? You're thinking, oh boy, this could go south in a hurry.
1: Uh, in in what sense sorry I, I missed some of that in the offensive line
0: like what is what the, the projected offensive line from left tackle obviously dan moore to right tackle Jukes over which player do you think is kind of like ah this could this could go south in a
1: hurry if this guy doesn't do well so i, I would point directly first at the uh the young guys dan moore kendrick green we still don't quite know enough about them. And we've seen Kendrick Green get bullied a little bit in his kind of welcome the NFL moments. Like these guys are going to get better, but uh, kind of the lack of knowledge of the NFL playbook is a little bit worrisome. Um, in, in that sense, I, I think uh, a core for Dotson and, and uh, Trey Turner are, are going to be fine. Uh, it's an aggressive scheme. They can kind of get after some things, but uh, Dan Moore and Kendrick Green are going to have to do a lot of thinking and uh, not as much just playing football. It, it, at, the, at those upper levels, you really have to kind of understand all the intricacies, what to do when teams stunt against you and they blitz against you. And given the size of an NFL playbook, there's just a ton of thinking these guys are going to have to do. Uh, so from that sense, uh, the rookies are going to be the, the two spots I am definitely honed in on to see uh, how they perform and if they're ready for this moment. Honestly, they'll get better and better as the year goes on, but there, there could be some growing pains, especially early on in the season.
0: Run it down their throats on the left side of the line. You don't have to think much when it's just, hey, snap the ball and see the guy in front of you and just drive him backwards. I remember in the preseason when we saw Dotson and Moore together, and I'm sure you remember this, Michael, they were maulers. Do you think they can duplicate that in the regular season? It's not going to be as easy, obviously, but still, I mean, that should be their forte. Am I right?
1: Honestly, I, I think the best version of the Steelers' offensive line is when you have Dan Moore out there at the left tackle and you have a healthy, healthy Zach Banner. All, all those dudes are run block uh, first guys. So all of a sudden you're starting to push guys back. Najee Harris doesn't have to make someone miss three yards into the backfield instead trying to make a miss uh, at the hole. That That's a, a big thing. And like, like you said, this left side of the offensive line, Dotson's a, a people mover. Dan Moore's a people mover. Kendrick Green, that's still his thing. He, he's an aggressive type. This left side of the offense line, I think is where the Steelers are going to find a lot of success running the football. Uh, and, and until Zach Banner gets back, I, I wouldn't try to run too much right at the point of attack behind a core four. He's, he's more of that kind of pass block guy, but I think they're going to find a lot of t- success with those double teams being able to climb to the second level over that uh, left side of the offense line.
0: Yeah. I think that it, the Steelers, if they want to go into Buffalo and win in week one, they have to run the ball. They have to control the clock. They have to, they have to dictate what's going to happen offensively, and that's by running the football. So that's where I'm pointing to 100%. We'll get into that more next week, though. I want to ask you one last question about one specific player. And this player, no one really knows what's going on, and it's Carl Joseph. He was obviously acquired. He's on the practice squad right now. But Jerry Dulac, our buddy Jer Bear from <laughs> Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, he's not really our buddy. Anyways, um, <laughs> he, uh, he said that the Steelers are planning on activating him. If you right. were the coaching staff, if you are Mike Tomlin, Keith Butler, Terrell Austin, whoever is making these call the decisions, how are you utilizing Carl Joseph in this defense? Because it's already good. Does he make them better or is he just another body?
1: No, he definitely makes them better. And honestly, looking at his skill set. He's someone that seems like he could play a little bit of everything. And we know how much Mike Tomlin loves this guy. Uh, I remember when they played the Browns last year, all three occasions, Mike Tomlin always brought up Carl Joseph. Uh, When they played the Raiders, when he was there, same thing. Uh, they are at his pro day. They gushed over this guy for years. They finally have him on the roster after years of hyping this guy up. I got a feeling he's going to be playing a lot of spots, uh, a little bit at strong safety, a little bit as like a, a dimebacker. Heck, even maybe into the nickel, into that slot type role. I think he's going to move over the all over the field a ton. And he's not just going to play one specific spot. Hopefully he's up to learning an entire defense over the course of about 10 days uh, to that Buffalo opener. But uh, I think the Steelers got a real kind of a numbers type of guy, uh, someone to give someone like Terrell Edmonds some rest, uh, give him some certain packages, get on the field. I think Carl Joseph is going to play a ton. He's going to play on special teams. I think this is is one of those additions that is is going to be kind of a sneaky good one because I, I haven't seen the contract details yet but I don't imagine it's going to be more than a million bucks or really kind of affect the salary cap at all with that uh, with the 53 man rule now in effect so I think this guy is going to play a ton for this team and considering how much the Steelers coaching staff has hyped him up in, in years past I have a feeling this will not be his final season in Pittsburgh either
0: that's interesting. But who do you think and this is my last question, I swear I'll let you go. So, if you if they bring Joseph onto the active roster, they have to cut somebody. Who do you think that person is if they do decide to promote him from the practice squad?
1: This is kind of where it gets tough because I still think there's other moves that need to be made. Um and in that sense there's kind of a number of positions where they could try to uh, move on from someone. Uh, They're carrying five inside linebackers, I I believe it is. So I I, I think you can uh, make a spot from Ulysses Gilbert III and then kind of uh, say Carl Joseph is a linebacker. Uh, Justin Lane is also someone that's probably on the cutting block, but the Steelers don't have very many corners at all. Uh, So that's another name I I could see. I, I feel like, If they're going to release a corner, though, they're going to be bringing a corner in. Uh, So if if someone's going to end up off this team, I I think they look uh, at that kind of inside linebacker spot. And uh, UG3 has just showed me nothing. And honestly, I'm kind of shocked to begin with that he made this team in the first place. So uh, I think that's probably where they look to uh, try to trim some fat to uh, get Carl Joseph in the lineup.
0: All right, folks. There you have it, Mister. I'm uh, sorry, Coach, Mister. Captain Blue Checkmark, <laughs> Michael Beck. Hey, good luck uh, this weekend. Heading down to Lord knows where you where are you going again?
1: <laughs> We're playing in Moscow, Idaho. So uh, <laughs> oh University gosh. of Idaho Vandals. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, good luck. Let us know how it goes yeah. next Friday. And uh, thanks for joining us, Michael. We appreciate it.
1: Uh, my pleasure as always. Thanks, Jeff.
0: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. want to thank Michael Beck, as always, for stopping by. He's a busy guy. He's coaching them up there at his college, his old alma mater. He's coaching them up. I don't know how they're going to do down there in, what did he say, Moscow? Was he going to Russia? (laughs) Anyways, let's finish up with a heart-to-heart here. Um, I, I want fans to prepare themselves. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself for the season. This is the final weekend. That we will have without Steelers football slash NFL football until January, actually till February. Gosh, that's exciting. But anyways, prepare yourself for the season and understand this. It's not always going to be easy for this Steelers team. This Steelers team, especially the offensive line, is young. And it might there might be some serious bumps in the road. Do not go into 2021 expecting 2020 results. And I'm not talking about the way it finished. I'm talking about the 11-0 start. Don't expect that. You're just going to set yourself up for failure. Go into this season knowing that this Steelers team is brimming with potential. And you know I hate that word. You know I hate potential. That, that is the most dangerous word in all of sports, if you ask me as a player and a coach. But nonetheless, they are brimming with talent at every spot if they can get it together it might be ugly at times and they might struggle and they're going to lose games folks they're going to lose games and you will you won't hear me predict them to lose much just that's just the fan in me but nonetheless prepare yourself for a season that might be up and down but maybe it if di- differs at the end think back to 05 2005 there were a lot of bumps on that road and no one myself included thought that they had a shot at actually winning it all. And then they got hot at the right time. Same in 2009 against the toughest schedule in the league. Boy, did they just step up and play big in big moments. And that was a team. That 2019, that offensive line was awful as well. So just keep this in the back of your mind, folks. It's not going to be easy. This season is not going to be a cakewalk. This season is going to be rough. You have to to bunker down. You got to Anchor yourself and say, I'm going to stay steadfast behind this team. I'm going to support them no matter what. We're going to continue to fight the good fight, and that is rooting this Steelers team onto victory every single week. Got to prepare yourself. So get yourself mentally right now, and then next week when we're kicking things up ready for Buffalo, you're ready no matter what happens. All right, folks, that does it for me. I hope you have a great weekend. I have some really cool plans coming up. I'm going to share those with you on Monday. Uh, This is a personal story because I I don't want to ruin the surprise. But for my family, I'm really excited. I am really excited. I'll tell you all about it on Monday. Have a great weekend. And as we always finish it out here, be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you Monday. Happy Labor Day, everyone. Go (laughs) Steelers.